In the book of St. Luke, I want to start reading chapter uh, 16 and verse 19. Chapter 16 and verse 19. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus uh, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell uh, from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom and the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes. I just want that to sink in. Being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and in Lazarus in his and, and Lazarus in his and and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth the good things, and likewise Lazarus the evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between you, us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they will, should, will not pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us uh, that would come from them. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would ascend him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, the lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, and let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto him from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If thou hear Moses and not the prophets, neither will they persuade the one rose from the dead. Stop reading right there. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus is actually knowing uh, that just shortly he's going to do this very thing, rise from the dead. And he also knew that they wouldn't believe in him. Before we get to our point, I want to clear up a couple of things too. The Bible talks about the rich man, the Pharisee in that day. They thought that uh, you were blessed uh, by your riches, and that showed how that you were blessed. And in other words, if you had riches, the Lord richly blessed you and had favor upon you. And if you were like the Lazarus, the beggar there, it's that you must have sinned fully in your life, uh, so the Lord is keeping his blessings from you. That is not how the Word says, by the way. Okay, uh, But that's what they believe. But anyway, with that being said, just to clear that up, it's not about how if you're rich enough, God will bless you. Uh, my friend, I want you to know something here. Uh, if we are saved by the grace of God, if God saves you, you are richer with that than you will ever be with anything else that you might accumulate in this lifetime. You have more riches uh, through the personal relationship with Jesus Christ than you can ever have in any other thing in your life. So with that being said, today's message is not a popular subject. Has never been, never will be, but it is necessary. Let me ask you, do you believe in heaven? Do you believe in hell? 
you'd better. Now let me also say that whether you or I believe in heaven or believe in hell does not make them real. Do you understand that? Whether we believe in those does not make them real. And that's the way our society seems to think today, uh, that heaven is for the weak person that needs to have some kind of comfort in their struggle. And if you want to believe there's a heaven, go right ahead. Or the person that says, I don't believe in hell, uh, but if you want to believe there's a hell, go right ahead. I want to tell you, heaven or hell does not exist because you or I believe in them. Heaven and hell exist because God prepared them. The Word of God says they exist. And my friend, they are very real. Heaven is just as real and hell is just as real. We need to understand that. We need to understand how important that is because God's Word says that they both exist. We need to know the truth about eternity. We need to know the truth about heaven, and we also need to know the truth about hell. And if you believe in heaven, my friend, then you also cannot act as if there is no hell. A lot of people today, they want to act as if there's no hell. You know, they want to believe that by doing good deeds, they'll go to heaven. I remember years ago, Muhammad Ali made the great statement there that had been carried out through his life. And they asked him if he believed in heaven, if he thought he was going to go. And you know what Muhammad Ali said? He said, well, if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, I hope I get to go. My friend, you don't make it by your good deeds. You don't go to hell by your bad deeds. My friend, if you want to go to heaven, there's one way. And if you go to hell, there's one way. What do you mean there's only one way? Yes, and that's by not accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Hell is your eternal destiny. Friends, we ought to understand that. We ought to believe in that. You can't have one without the other. Everybody wants to talk about heaven. Everybody wants to sing. Everybody wants to talk. I can't wait. To, but not everybody that dies goes to heaven. I remember reading in an article and some studies years ago, and, and no doubt many of you heard, uh, the great uh, preacher Jonathan Edwards uh, back in 1741 uh, up in the New England States, he began to preach a sermon, and the title of the sermon was Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And people began to hear that message, and as they heard that message, conviction fell upon them in that congregation. And they began to tremble, and the Bible and the Scripture the study says uh, that they began to come forward and they began to fall on their face in fear and cry and saying, save us from this hell. You know what? That Sunday morning, a great awakening spread through the New England states. Not only did it spread through the New England states, it spread throughout the country. That was 1741. 2015 is different. Is it not? Oh, me. It is sure different. I want to tell you something that's quite different in America today. As a matter of fact, Newsweek. Newsweek had an article here a while back. And the Newsweek magazine said this. Churchgoers take comfort. Uh, hell is all but disappeared for modern Christian theology. Yeah. Yeah. Newsweek. Guess what's being read? Guess what's being told? Christian, take comfort that hell has all but disappeared from modern theology. 
And we laugh at that. But we maybe should be saying, Oh, me, I believe that you've got to have something. Right? Yeah. Tell me today. Today, my friend, we need to bring hell back in the church. We need to bring hell back into the belief of people to know that just as there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to stay from. We need to realize that. I mean, if you want to know about hell, I will tell you this. As long as you have me behind here in this pulpit, we will preach hell. We will tell you that hell is just as real. We will tell you as we just read, that rich man died and what lifted his eyes in hell. How important is that? The Bible says he was tormented in his flame. Tells us in other parts there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. There's an eternal separation of my friend from God. They're in hell. You're not there as a welcome visitor. Uh, no. Uh, you don't go there like that. People say, well, I'm going to go because all my friends. You don't have a friend in hell. Hey, I'm going to go because my friends are in hell. And we're going to party. You ain't going to go party nowhere in hell either. I want to tell you. We take lightly hell anymore that we've almost turned it into a cartoon caption that hell is the figment of someone's imagination. My friend, some of you here, like me, maybe when we was real little, used to believe in the boogeyman. Grow to find out there's no boogeyman. Listen here, Satan is just as real. Lucifer, the devil... He's just as real as when he was cast out of heaven into hell. The Bible says that he's walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know what that says? That says you better be ready. You better be aware. You better watch yourself that somebody is trying to get you. What I wrote there in the pastor's desk this morning, Satan is not trying to get you to deny that there's a hell. He's not trying to get you to do anything, but just simply don't be in a hurry to decide to give your heart to Christ. If he can tell you to wait another day, another time, another opportunity may come. If he can get you to wait, my friend, he'll lull you, if you will, into a sleepless state where you only realize heaven and you don't think of hell anymore. How important is that? I'll tell you what, today we need to preach more hell in our churches than we've ever did before. Why? Because people are dying every day and splitting hell wide open. Oh, we talk about heaven and Christ is going to come one day and we long for that appearance. Believe me, I do too. But I want to tell you until then, we need to tell somebody that hell is just as real as heaven is. And my friend, listen here. You don't have to do anything to go to hell because you're born in sin and by death passed upon all men and because of that sin my friend the sin the wages of that sin is death and my friend the, the penalty of death is an eternal separation from God and the place of that eternal separation from God is in hell and it's not prepared for you you go there as an intruder so you're unwelcome so if you're unwelcome you know there ain't going to be no party May I tell you today also, churches, let's face it like it is. Churches today 
have silenced the topic of hell. Yeah. <laughs> Silence the topic of hell so much so. Why? They don't want it to affect. I'd like these boards to be gone, quite honestly. Somewhere else. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of this. Churches don't want to talk about hell because they don't want it to affect the attendance. Churches today don't want to talk about hell. They don't want preachers to preach about hell. They don't want Sunday school teachers to teach about hell. Because why? They don't want to affect the financial state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get quiet, but we get the truth. Huh? Yeah, but listen here. I want to tell you the last thing people, the last thing we want somebody to do is feel uncomfortable when they come to church. Hmm. If you know God, you can't wait to get here. If you're walking with God and living with God, you can't wait. David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. If you're walking away from the will of God, you'll find every excuse and reason not to come. If you don't know Jesus is your Savior, that's the last place you want to come when somebody invites you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you something. Hell will be preached at grace until the Lord comes. Churches today lose their power. One of the reasons why they've lost the power is because they only want to preach the sweetness of God's love. Yeah. You know what my mama told me, Jim? As a little boy, you just eat sweets and rot your teeth. You just eat nothing but sugar and rot your teeth and make you sick. Yeah, I don't want to make you sick. I want to make you whole. I want to show you what the Word of God can do. Not that I can do it for you. Praise God, I can't save anybody. But praise God, I can tell you what who can. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to call out. Yeah, we've silenced hell. The last thing you want somebody to do is feel uncomfortable when they come to church and hear the word of God. Well, I want to tell you something. Over in the book of Acts, I want to read just a few verses. Over in the book of Acts in the seventh chapter. If you like to turn there, fine. If you don't, just pay attention closely. In the book of Acts in the seventh chapter, Stephen began to speak. And my friend, I'm going to tell you something. Stephen spoke of something that isn't felt a whole lot anymore. Stephen spoke of something that isn't witnessed a whole lot anymore. And I heard Brother Pete say it in Sunday school class this morning as I walked through. You know what? <laughs> when we're saved, we have all the Holy Spirit that we need. My friend, it's just what we do with that Holy Spirit. It's just how we love that Holy Spirit then to kind and govern and rule and guide our lives. And the more the Holy Spirit leads, guides, and directs, the stronger we become in the way of God and the will of God through the knowledge of God and having the peace of God. Well, let me get back here. <laughs> Stephen began to say something. And he didn't mince words. Listen, in verse 51, you will see right away that he wasn't trying to make people feel comfortable. Chapter 7 of Acts 51, ye stiff-necked <laughs> and uncircumcised in the heart and ears ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers, so do ye. Which the prophets of your, 
which the prophets have not your fathers persecuted and have slain them which shown before of the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and the murderers who have received the law by the dispositions of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. That's what the word should do. That's what the power of the word should do. My friend, it'll either make you shout glory, hallelujah, or it'll make you want to climb under your seat. They were cut to the heart and they gnashed, listened to, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. That's what's going to happen today. People don't want to hear. They'll stop their ears. They'll turn it off. They'll walk out of the church. They'll do anything else. And they stop their ears. Listen, they stopped and see through the tears. And they stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord all at once. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And when they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down. Listen to that. And he kneeled down. The stones are coming. He kneeled down. Huh? How many of us today would run and hide? He kneeled down as the stones were coming. How many of us would try to dodge the stone? No, he didn't let the stones of sin, he didn't let the stones of the world that were thrown upon him make him think twice. He kept on preaching the word. He kept on proclaiming the truth. He did not waver. Although the enemy came at him, he did not slack up. He kept it up. And my friend, when he kept it up, listen to what he said. Lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He died. That's what it means. He died. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's not making anyone comfortable. But that's the truth. We need to understand... As much as I like to preach about the joys of heaven, if I'm as much as I like to preach about the things that we can praise God and rejoice in, and my friend, if you just have that and you don't have the other, and my friend, we're deceiving people. We're not letting them know the truth. We need to understand. Sadly enough, so many pulpits across America today Preach prosperity and poetry, and that's about all that comes out. They'll say, live any way you want, believe anything you want, and as long as you... Uh 
There's a heaven. Believe that when you die, you're a good person. You get to go. I'm going to tell you something here today. That's a, a lie a right out of the depths of hell. And my friend, I'm going to tell you how you can go to heaven today as we're getting ready to come to a close here today. Listen to me now. Listen to me. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never accepted him as your Savior, if you've never said, God, forgive me, be merciful to me, a sinner, whatever in word. You're already on your road to hell. You're already on your road to hell. It don't matter if you don't like it. That's the truth. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Now here's the way. Here's the way you can escape that. Here's the way you can get rid of that. By following this. God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But that through him, the world, like by, to condemn the world, but through the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yeah, and he that believeth on him is not condemned. And he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Read the one other verse, verse 36, chapter 3. He that believeth on the Son have everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. My friend, I'm going to tell you something. When you listen real close today, there's one way to heaven. You just heard it. God loved you enough that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. He made the way of escape. He became, you see, listen, it's simply like this. Jesus paid a debt that he didn't know because you owed a debt you couldn't pay. He became our sin bearer. He became our debt terror. There, He became the one who took our place. And he did that through all humanity throughout the world of time. He died on a cross to be the blood sacrifice that needed to be made. So that he might be the substitution for our sin. Propitiation. Jesus told the disciples. He told Thomas. He said, I, I. He didn't say, hey, there's a committee over here. He didn't say, there's a Supreme Court panel over here. He said, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Make no mistake about it. There's just one way. There's just one way. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. <laughs> My friend, if there anything ever come out of this pulpit other than that, run them off. Amen. Even if it's me. <laughs> me hit me in the head for you run me off. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> May I tell you today. <laughs> I want to read one more verse. Ephesians, 
chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. And not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. (laughs) It is a gift of God, not of works. Lest any man should boast. All the reasons you think you can go to heaven just got eliminated. There's only one reason. The blood is on my soul. I have a relationship with Jesus. I'm not talking about a church membership. I'm not talking about attending the church. But I'm talking about knowing that you know, that you know, that you know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's my father. I'm his child. No one can take that. No man is able to pluck me out of his hand. Well, listen, church, I'm going to leave you with this. If. If sinners are to be damned to hell, at least let them climb over our testimonies. <laughs> if they're going to go to hell, let them climb over the life for Christ. If they're going to go to hell, let them climb over the messages that they hear. If they're going to go to hell, don't let it be cause you didn't pray for them. If they go to hell, don't let it be because you didn't witness to them. If they're going to go to hell, don't let it be because you didn't tell them there's a God who loves them that gave his son to die for them. My friend, I'm going to tell you this and we close. Sometimes I can't understand. I can't imagine why Jesus would die for me. I can't imagine that. But I'll tell you, I don't fully know the scope of his love either. I'm just telling you this. He loves me. He loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. You here today? You're either one of two people today. You're either comfortable because you know that you know or you're uncomfortable. And if you're uncomfortable today, that's because the Holy Spirit is sending a godly sorrow upon your heart. He's trying to convict you. He's trying to let you be realizing that you might think you're on your way, but you are far from it. So if you're here today and you feel any uncomfortableness about you, come and find out why. Come and find out why. You need a Savior today. Savior is reaching out. I don't care who you are. You're here today to hear this message. God is simply saying, come. Nothing else. You're visiting with us today. We hope you felt a home. If you're uncomfortable, you come back, get used to it, and then you'll be comfortable because you'll change. You'll change like Paul did. Okay? Nothing else? Bow our heads. We'll be dismissed. Brother Jim Chubb, will you dismiss us this morning?